If you must blink, do it now. Pay careful attention to everything you see and hear, no matter how unusual it may seem. And please be warned, if you fidget, if you look away, and if you forget any part of what I tell you, even for an instant, then our heroes will surely perish. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the gifted git. So, gentlemen, how are we all? What's everyone been up to? Al. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I Finish see that your, whatever that is. Bailey's? It's milkshake. Nope. Coffee. Mm, you look coffee. like you're drinking Bailey's from a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Can't think of shoe pun. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Good work. Right. I, I, I was lubricating because it's a long list of what I've been doing. Cool. <gasps> it's bank holiday yesterday so i actually had a day off so i had some time to do something and um, i was on the scratch podcast which is very interesting if you don't listen to nice. scratch you should listen to scratch it's part of the scratch podcast network with eli escajedo doc jared hildebrandt um bales who is also bales and rory <laughs> may the Dirty smith good work i must admit i I actually have been really enjoying it. It's not the end of the list. Okay. And then um and then I went and picked up a TIG welder because um Michael Barr on Instagram um reached out to us and said how much he loved the show and how much he loved what we were doing in terms of sharing tools and getting people to kind of um recycle things they don't need. And he had an yeah. old TIG welder, so he sent it to me in the That's mail. That's fucking awesome. As is tradition. Um I need to come pick up some gas tomorrow and then I will be giving it my first attempt. That's um, brilliant. Awesome. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. I re-treated and waterproofed the hack shack because it's been a couple of years. And although I used treated timber, um, the siding was showing a little bit of signs of like not liking the moistness too much. Mm. I think it's because I've installed it vertically instead of horizontally. So maybe the, the oh, runoff. Okay isn't as much as it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't get by with just the treated, so I'm just I'm going to have to waterproof it. Um, what else? Oh, yes. And yesterday um, I went down to a place called St. George's Crypt, which is in Leeds, and it's like a homeless shelter. Um, and it, they kind of help uh, people who are sleeping rough, but it's not just like a soup kitchen. Basically, they try and get them back into society. So they have programs where they they teach them things, they um, offer them housing and work and jobs and stuff. So like the homeless people work in the kitchens um, and obviously they can't give them money because they'll just go out and buy more smack. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like a, a scheme system where they're more than yeah. input, the more they get back and it's really beneficial. So I had a great day with those guys talking about how I could help out um, and it was just, yeah, it was just really nice and everyone was really friendly and it was a really positive thing. And there was lots of screaming and violence, but you kind of, <laughs> I assume you get used to that. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking awesome, man. That, you've, you've had a, a really good week. And I also did one more thing and it's it, it's important. Uh, okay. Um, I de-weeded and pressure washed the entire driveway because it was fucking horrific because it's been all winter. And I came to the conclusion like a, a pressure washer is like one of those things like an angle grinder where the first time you use one, you're like, <laughs> why the fuck have I not had one of these my entire life? Yes. <laughs> it does what it's meant to quickly and violently and yeah. is really satisfying. So yeah. if you haven't got a pressure washer, even if you don't know what you'd use it for, go and buy one. They're about 40 quid. 
um, and you will you will be pressure washing everything. Like it, you will be making cold pressed coffee with a pressure washer. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, I like the idea of just throwing some cheesecloth on the ground with coffee grinds in it and just <laughs> shooting it. <laughs> Fucking ace. Oh, good work. Oh, that's, yeah, well done you. Bravo. Oh, good uh, list, Al. Mm. Brett, you're up next to uh, to follow up that. All the things. All the things. Uh, we have limited time before Maker Central. Mm. Um, also, I only have five days. Five days, something like that, before I leave for Cleveland for the spring oh, make, shit, yeah. where I will be doing the intro to blacksmithing class with Zach. Um, spent some time on the phone with him just sorting out materials, because we still don't know if we're going to have all the materials there. We don't know a lot of things about this event. <laughs> um, I imagine they're super busy, and there's really only like two people running a lot of the logistics, and I imagine they're quite swamped. So I'm going to show up. And I know I'm going to bring a hammer. And then from there, we'll figure it out. Uh, I also have been helping Jim get through two projects that we're trying to finish before we leave town. Because then he also is going to have to do Cleveland and then Maker Central run on the back of that. Yeah. Um, putting the shop back in order post-knife class. Uh, working on a video, which by the time this goes out, I'm going to post it tomorrow. I'm just telling myself right now that it's going up tomorrow, regardless of if I sleep or not. Because tomorrow's Easter Sunday, and what better way to celebrate bunnies and Catholicism than posting a video, <laughs> right? Um, but it's the coin video. So oh, nice. I, I know we can talk about some other stuff later on in the podcast, but I found it really funny that I, I worked on the coin a couple of weeks ago, and I was having to kind of jump back and forth between it. Uh, amidst doing all the stuff for the shop and I did the coin and then it seemed like right around the same time everyone else started doing maker coins which yeah. feels great it's like everybody had the same idea it's almost like what we talked about last week where it's six different people doing the same thing six different ways um, which is nice so I'm doing some animation and it's going to be another video game episode because I came up with an idea a little while ago <laughs> so i have a lot of animated the, the video is actually edited right now yeah it's just but a... then the animation is was a blank sheet of paper so i have to do a lot of new stuff anyway it'll be up tomorrow so by the time this goes out hopefully everybody can watch the coin video it should be fun Sweet. um last thing on the list well I'll go two things. I'm an adult because I have internet in my apartment now. You're welcome. Yay! <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe I existed this long. Um, <laughs> thank you, cafe downstairs. Uh, lastly, I think I hit an achievement last Ooh. night. Late last night, early this morning. We have a new achievement. And I would like everybody's applause when I say I received my unsolicited offer for a dick pic. You broke up from a person. I didn't hear you anything great. you said. So much fear in that. Yeah. <laughs> where, where, did that it stop? where did it stop? Uh, you, you, we, basically, the, the key word, your very first unsolicited, and then you just kind of went... <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and, uh, you're welcome. So, let me build it up again. <laughs> 
I got offered a dick pic last night on Instagram. Hey, we made it. <laughs> we finally made it. Oh, go you. It was fucking horrible. The guy's just like, <laughs> would you like to see my dick? And I was like, no. Thank you. He goes, are you gay or straight? I'm like, I don't understand. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Either way. Either way. I, yeah. I want to see it. Yeah. And I was like, this wasn't a random message, though, because he sent me. He's replied to my story before. Yeah. And he gave me like a thumbs up on stuff. So did not expect anything, but got like a selfie photo sent to me. And then two seconds later, it was like. Feeling Randy, would you like to see more? I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> but hey, uh, if we've gotten that far, we're doing something right. Exactly. Right? That's yeah. Fuck it out. Yay. Um, <laughs> Steve, what have you been up to? Uh, Sending dick pics. <laughs> I knew it was you. I fucking knew it was you. <laughs> uh, what have I been up to? Uh, no, I've basically. Um, as everyone knows by now, I'm very, very nearly finished with work. Um, Hooray! But the last couple of shifts have been uh, long and horrible and uh, taking their toll on me. Um, and because of the way my shifts, like the last few shifts are working out, because we've got the uh, the bank holiday period, I had like two days off, then was back in for a day um, and then was off uh yesterday today and tomorrow um and uh the two days off i the first day i was completely just wiped out had a migraine that lasted the entire day um and then the next day i uh i went and helped uh my friend james with his massive spinning shed thing <laughs> um that's just the the most insane thing and the the thing is is he's building it in the way that Al would build something small, as in like he's just going, uh, well, I need to do this, therefore I'm just gonna go and do this, and then I need to do this, so I'm just gonna do this, and like doing all those stages without thinking about what's coming next. And it's really it's really cool seeing it all come together like that. And it and it's really nice seeing his his process. But it's like with something this big, there's quite a few things where I've gone, that's great. But you do realize when you put the roof on, that means you're going to have to undo half the work that you've just done and things like this. So it's, um, yeah, it, it was quite fun, um, like working through some stuff with that. Uh, and we didn't get half the amount of work done that we should have done because we spent a lot of the time kind of problem solving how to get around the things that he'd already done. Um, but yeah, uh, so did that. And then... Yesterday, I had a load of stuff planned to do in the workshop and ended up getting called in to uh, help with one of the axe courses that was on this weekend uh, because Al came down with a bug and was really, really ill. Uh, so I got a phone call at eight in the morning asking if I could kind of jump in and, and help with um, Joe leading the course and I was just assisting, uh, which then meant that today I was also over there again helping out and doing some other bits. Um, and managed to get like half an hour in the workshop to glue up some bits and tidy up a bit. And that was about it. Um, but yeah, so that's it. It's not really been as exciting as everyone else, but plus side, by the time this comes out, I will be, in fact, the day this comes out, I will be doing my last ever shift. Yeah. So Woo. that's good. And then Woo. there's lots of fun things happening after that. 
Hooray! Yay! I can't believe you're going to be done with your job while we're at Maker Central. All all the timing. Yeah, it's almost like you planned it, Steve. (laughs) Almost. Well, I've got because I've got that, um, and then I've got like I I think I finish, and then I've got a week of um, like shit I've got to do, and then Rasmus is here, um, so we're going to be in the workshop for like at at the forge for a bit. and then it's like traveling up to make a central. So it's, yeah, it's going to be a, a hectic few weeks and I, it's, it's fucking brilliant. The timing is spot on. So um, yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, one of the things that I noticed when I was um, working is, uh, you know how last week I was talking about um, uh, burr, burr, doing stuff with, um, Photoshop and like how Al was helping me out and yeah, you know, I'd done a few things. Um, you talked about that last week. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I was paying it. attention. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Um, but uh, yeah, I so I was I was like, I, it's been quite fun for me, like the learning this new skill. So now every time I see um, a, a post or a piece of branding or a um, advert or whatever, I'm looking at it in. And I'm kind of like mentally trying to deconstruct it mm-hmm. um, to figure out how, like the process of how I would then make that. Um, and just kind of just uh, going over those learnt skills so that I can kind of try and help, uh, try and figure things out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's very much just the 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 construction of it as opposed to the, um, the design aspect, which is something that I just simply don't seem to have down quite yet and um, mm-hmm. i mean I, i'm learning more as i'm going through things but one of the things that i um i find really fucking cool about uh the stuff that i see when al's doing stuff like this is the fact that he seems to have this natural talent to just get straight to the core of what a, a product or a brand or a, a company is about um and find a way to kind of put that to the forefront and 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 show that off and make a, a, a poster or a bit of branding or a um, packaging or whatever reflect that um, that branding. It seems it it seems like he has a knack for doing that um, like really quickly and really easily. And it was the the question I wanted to ask was basically: Is that something that that Al's always been able to do, or is it something that you you learned and developed over time, or is it you, like a you had a, a, a natural inkling, but you had to kind of fine tune it, or or what? It's a little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> um, it wasn't Arnold Palmer that said, um, "Isn't it funny the the harder I practice, the luckier I get." Mm-hmm. Um, so like the. Obviously, if, if you're like an athlete or you're you're a gifted artist or something, you know everyone everyone says that it's a it's a god given gift or you were born with it. And um, I think there's an ins- there's a element of that, but you also have to practice really fucking hard and, and work on it. Yeah. You know? um, so that you know there isn't such a thing as luck, but it helps if you if you do have the talent. If you know what I mean, I think there's a bit yeah. of both going on. So I am my greatest skill. Um, it's not a particularly valuable one but i i i <laughs> I, d- I learn quickly and i can pick things up and i'm very good at like winging it 
Um, yeah. So I don't necessarily do things with conviction or like um, things that things are not perfect or things are not you know concise. But I can get I can get away with like getting through something, getting through a task. Yeah. yeah. Um, like you said, if 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 you know a question comes up about something, I can evaluate it quite quickly. I'm very good at kind of um, assessing the situations and assessing the environment. Um, yeah, a little bit too much, two times because I do it all the time, <laughs> and I'm always, um, you know, looking at everything around me and evaluating it just in case something comes up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I better count all the holes in that, <laughs> uh, that filter on the wall just in case someone asks me how many holes there are, um, <laughs> which is incredibly distracting and really kind of um, exhausting. But yeah, it, it, it does mean that like. If things come up, um, um, I can I can answer them quite quickly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think I think it's it's something that I that takes effort, but it, it is also something that is, um, kind of just comes natural to me. If that yeah. makes sense. Because I think one of the one of the things that um that people quite often say is you you hear them saying about people, oh yeah, yeah, so and so can they can turn their hand to anything, <laughs> and. I kind of find that that it tends to be a case of well, no, it's because they've got a shitload of experience to draw on that they can then relate this new task to yeah. to the thing they've already done, and like that's because they, like you say, they go out there and they they get involved and they and they do that, and they've again, it's, it's kind of like that whole making your own luck thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's like uh, Brett with the videos; like you can you could say, oh yeah, he's just got a natural talent for making really cool fun interesting videos it's like well no if you look at everything he's done before doing videos he's drawing on that experience and those those skills to to make these things and you know like like the animation side of things like that it's it's not like he's just gone hmm yeah i fancy doing some animation stuff and just spent 20 minutes uh making his first ever animation yeah he the amount of work that he's put into it and the time that he spends on it it's that's why you end up with that um that product but i don't know i, I think like there are it's, i think that like there are some people i've seen that have um that like that come to the, the classes like the difference between um person a and person b uh if it's the first time either of them ever picked up a hammer like they're both from the exact same background exact same job and all that but sometimes some people do just seem to have a a natural talent for things well i think um, if you if you've got problem solving skills the 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 problem is is you know it's agnostic it doesn't matter what the problem it doesn't matter that it's leather or cheesecake or <laughs> maths do you know what i mean if if you if you yeah. if your skill is problem solving that's your skill. It doesn't, you know, it, it, what what you're trying to achieve is irrelevant because you're just attacking a task with a certain set, a certain set of skills. Um, do you know what I mean? It's it, you, it, I'm not intimidated by stuff because I don't see it for what it is. I see it for a, a bunch of things broken down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything ultimately is quarks and gluons and bosons. <laughs> so, like, you know, how how scary can something be? Um, you, it's just how it, if if you can see past the thing that it is, it's just problem solving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, part of me kind of agrees with that, but at the same, at the same time, <laughs> I've like, I, it sounds like I'm taking the fun out of everything. 
I still enjoy it. I still have yeah. fun, and I'm still scared, and I'm still like creative and and yeah. stuff. But like, I, yeah. But, I mean, I, I think it's like because I sound like I, a fucking robot. <laughs> but yeah, because I I know some people that are like that are fantastic chefs mm. and cooks, and but you put them in a workshop and they don't, don't want to know. Don't and it's not just a case of they don't have any experience with it. Yeah, it's just the fact that they it's not it, it's not something that um, whether it's a case of it doesn't appeal to them or whatever, but they just don't seem to have that. Um, that same talent and skill. Yeah. Um. It it seems like it those uh, become non transferable. Um. And let's say I, it's just something that I I kind of wanted to get your guys's opinions on a little bit. So just just like a side note on that, Steve, where you're saying like um non transferable skills. I have this come up with like um guys at work quite a lot. So obviously we have the design team, but then there's the the other people that work at the studio, so like accounts, HR, client, client services, things like that. Yeah. And they always like see themselves as, we're not creative, we're not designers. <laughs> I don't know, you know, and it's always kind of very self-effacing. Um, but then like you look at them and they dress really nicely or yeah. they have, you know, a blog about like interior design. I'm like, y- you got up this morning and you designed yourself. Of course you're a designer, of course you're creative. You know, you know, what things look nice in a room just because you're not specifically doing Adobe Illustrator to, to design logos. It doesn't mean that you're not a creative person. And I think people just don't, don't make that connection between things. And I think that's, I think that's partly what my skill, if, if, if you call it, that would be is to make connections between things. Yeah. So like Brett always says about, you know, just, just finding the right um, way to teach someone something. If you can make the link, then it becomes easy and it becomes natural. If you yeah. if you if you fear something and see it as this alien thing, oh, I could never do that. Or, you know, you're you're already kind of intimidated and you're already um, not allowing yourself to do it. So I think it's I think it's a confidence thing. Yeah, I, I think that's also a reason why I like having conversations where either I'm in the position of trying to educate or, or maybe give some insight on a project or a program. Um, and it, it, it tends to be a habit of mine that I dumb everything down, not in a condescending way, but I, I like finding those lowest common denominators, right? We talk about that a lot. And in art school or illustration school, life drawing, especially, you know, you are faced with the problem, which is, draw exactly what you see, you know, a person's hand, which if you've ever attempted to draw a photorealistic hand with a piece of paper and a pencil, it's insane. And there's just a lot of curves and shadows and all kinds of craziness going on. And then somebody tells you that it's just a series of tubes like the internet. And if you can draw simple shapes, which most people can recognize what a square and then how to roughly turn that into a cube or a sphere versus a circle. You know, it's just a matter of some shading and lighting. And once things start to get breaking down, like your knuckles are spheres and the connecting bits between those are tubes. And then the ends of your fingers are, you know, a little bit more squared off for some people, but maybe not that person. Maybe there's a little bit more round. Everything starts to break down into these individual parts. So on 
to to go back to the natural you're a natural talent or born with it i do think there are just certain people that have a knack for things or they they definitely excel but it's very very easy to make those connections with somebody and and i love the idea of just using it from the education standpoint if you can just find that thing to break it all the way down and then it just becomes like al said you can't be fearful of it anymore you look at a hand and somebody says draw it and you just go well i know how to draw circles and squares if that's how you approach it versus oh i have to draw that fingernail and you know immediately get tied into the details of the little hairs on the back of your knuckles or whatever people would freak out everyone's freaked out by the white sheet of paper the blank white sheet of paper but if you yeah. just go draw a bunch of squares and circles <laughs> everyone goes well yeah i could do that yeah. al's al's hand that he's carving it's the same thing you you just take it into a higher resolution the whole time but you're starting out with simple shapes Al, Al may realize that he has an absolute knack for being able to carve a photorealistic hand and then he'll go up against Bobby Duke holding a bucket. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of funny that you, because like this, this whole um, thing came into my head when I was talking with, uh, with my friend Button, the, the guy with the shed, um, because he's... Uh, the guy with the shirt? The guy with the shed. 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 Um, sure. Okay. Because he's uh, he's a professional artist. That's how he makes his living, um, and part of that involves uh, teaching, um, like how to draw classes and, and things like that. Um, and he's <laughs> he's always said like anyone can draw. It's you know you you just learn to do it. It's just the fact that that some people get there quicker than others. Um, as he's gotten older, he's become a little bit more cynical. Um, and it, it's kind of changed from anyone can draw to anyone can draw if they desire it enough. Um, because the, I think that there has to be a, a, a want to to do those things. And I think a, a lot of people that, uh, that say, oh, so-and-so's got a natural talent for it. It's because they see someone that go, goes along and doesn't necessarily want to take a- ages and study and doesn't want to pay attention or, or whatever. But they can go at something and and seemingly straight away, you know, they're they're sketching out a, a masterpiece. Um, I mean, we we get it with uh, people that come to the to the workshop, and you know, they've they've never really done anything with tools. They've just got this experience day gift as a um, birthday present or whatever, and they've come along and they've just seemingly had a, a natural um, ability to, to to forge something out. Um, and I'm kind of. I'm kind of trying to play devil's advocate a little bit because <laughs> I do, I do agree. I think that a lot of it comes down to to how you see things and whether or not you can you can transfer those skills. But I think, um, I think there are occasions where someone just genuinely finds something that actually, you know, what this is like because it's like, for example, uh, me with woodwork. Like I never got on um, with woodwork. I'm much better at it now because I've taken the time to learn it and and do all this and also the um the the disciplines i've learned through doing blacksmithing has helped me with with the woodwork side of things but the blacksmithing side like it, it whereas with the woodwork i i really struggled with that i really struggled to to kind of get my head around uh how things are working with the blacksmithing it seemed so much more natural so much more um intuitive and i think that's the thing is, is it's finding it intuitive like 
the first blacksmithing course I took, it was within a couple of hours. I was like, okay, this this all makes sense. I, I'm totally getting this. Whereas with the woodwork, I just didn't get that. Um, so I, think, I don't know whether that was a case of, of having a, a particularly good teacher or whether it was just the fact that that was something that worked with the way that my brain worked. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like, obviously, I'm just talking about my own experience um, and that I don't see what I have as, as, as a skill or necessarily a talent or or the opposite, that it's it's all just, you know, effort. Yeah. Um, but the, 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 there are people, I've experienced them, who absolutely, you know, um, can hear a, a note and, and be pitch perfect, you know, because some yeah. people are tone deaf. No matter how how hard you try, you're still tone deaf. Um, so there the must there must be like physiological and, and biological things going on. Um, pe- there's there's two kinds of people um, when it comes to uh, sensitivity of taste buds. So there's these things called super tasters, which sounds like oh my god, you're a superhero, you're amazing. It's not. It's just basically there's yeah there's two types of people. There's people who have really sensitive taste buds and people who have not really sensitive taste buds, and one is not better than the other. It just means that some people enjoy eating Brussels sprouts and enjoy eating like tinned fucking uh, shellfish uh, because it doesn't, it doesn't offend them. Uh, whereas some people absolutely can't stand like things that taste strong um, because Cucumber. they're, oh, yeah, because they're over. Yeah, exactly. Coriander. So there's, and this is an actual thing. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, biological yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and so, certain people have a completely different palate. Um, they might be the kinds of people who could then go on to be a sommelier, for example. Uh, it's not that you're, it's not that you're good at wine. <laughs> um, it's that, that your, your palate and your, 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 your senses and your sense of smell is, is, is just basically more, more tuned and more sensitive. Um, I was so, just going to bring that up. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was no, but just it, about to go like, I want you to give me your thoughts on sommeliers. Absolutely. But they're, but they're the same people who, um, would work in a tea factory tasting the blends of tea mm-hmm. and yeah. getting consistency or um, a master blender at like a, a, a distillery for example mm-hmm. um, it, it's it, you have you have to have a specific skill set in order to get that job um, yeah. and it's not a very usable skill set outside of tasting things <laughs> <laughs> um, but some people have it and some people don't so yeah. absolutely in, in in quite specific cases um i believe there's there's kind of a um there is something that you're born with mm-hmm. yeah definitely like being tall <laughs> <laughs> right i and i have to go <laughs> just off the off the end of that little giggle i remember all the times growing up and i know i chatted about this a little bit in the pre-show where i was big into sport when i was growing up because i grew up in the middle of the u.s and that's just what you do is you play all your school sports all year round and average height, uh, when I was in middle school and high school, I was very, very skinny, very skinny, little rail thin guy. And I did baseball, football, basketball, and track all year round. Like they just cycled. Right. And every single time I could, I achieved a goal, you know, Oh, I, I got my first triple in baseball or I did a long jump that was good i jumped long (laughs) one time yeah um it was always really 
you know, at those moments, those are all huge first experiences. Everything that happens back then is just, it, it feels so good to achieve those things because you get the recognition of your peers and you work really hard to maybe get a scholarship or something. No, I was never going to do that. I didn't work hard enough. One, I, I never really worked hard enough to be, to excel at those things. But I do recall maybe not myself, but a handful of people around me, you know, you get coaches or teachers or parents who would all just say, Oh man, they, they've been good at catching a football since they were three years old. Like, I don't mm. believe you, you know, I don't think that's a skill that you can recognize from a baby. Um, which may be my own perspective. If they're good at catching them things, great. They have, massive self-awareness and they know where their hands are so their coordination is really good you know i want to take it make him catch football since he was three yeah i bet you were <laughs> winging footballs at his face um but you know you hear you hear a very typical uh stance on that kind of stuff with people saying oh they, they've been naturally athletic since they were young or uh you know, oh, I maybe I could get a scholarship to go play basketball somewhere. No, like I'm not tall enough and I didn't play a position where I was scoring enough points. I was pretty mid-level, maybe slightly above mid-level in terms of like basketball or track. But even then, I remember I, I went to the, the state finals or something like that and I got absolutely demolished. Like I, I won yeah. my area. I was like, I'm going to go do the thing. And then I got <laughs> fucking destroyed by a guy that was like nine inches shorter than me. I was like, okay, well, this doesn't make any sense. And at that point, you look at it and go, oh, this doesn't have anything to do with how tall or how long your appendages are or anything. He just worked really hard. I yeah. do think at a certain point, I was able to recognize that he, the kid's talented. He also ran like three other races in track. He was just naturally, he, he just moved very well. He had a very <laughs> high functioning body. And I had gangly long arms and scrawny legs and everything like that and thought I could keep up. So <laughs> when it when it comes to the whole idea that, you know, you can grow up and be an astronaut or you can grow up and be the president or you can grow up and be a professional basketball player. Um, I don't want to say that they're hardships or anything, but I do feel like if you don't have those, like Al said, if you're seven feet, six inches tall, most people will look at you and go, you should play basketball because you can touch the net yeah. with your, with your face. Um, but no one's necessarily going to look at somebody that's, you know, shorter or, you know, differently abled and, and say, Ooh, you could go be a professional blah, 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 because you clearly have natural talent in that. No, like we have a perception that based on either physique or like, you know, you can draw, you can draw a picture. Well, in yeah. a relatively short amount of time in front of people. And then everyone goes, oh, such an artist, naturally gifted. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Have you paid attention to how much they've sat behind the scenes and just yeah. doodled in a sketchbook? Maybe they're an absolute crazy person. But yeah, they're, <laughs> they're pretty good at drawing stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think kind of segueing on from that quite nicely is the fact that I, I think as much as anything, there's also the 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 kind of negative social influences as well. So whereas you were saying like people often get told, you know, you can do whatever you want, you can be whatever you want or whatever. Like unlike you, I, I was the the fat kid in school. So I, you know, when it came to sport, I played rugby and I was a prop and 
that was it. Every other bit of sport, not not you know, I, I was not getting picked for the the football team or anything like that. It was rugby, that was it. Um so I've I've gone through my entire life thinking. But you see that Steve, that's where the Americans are smart, and they have like games like baseball where you don't necessarily have yeah. to be. Guy. <laughs> and you know, football in the states, you could you could be a, like defensive lineman. Yeah, <laughs> just be huge. yeah. Or you be, could be your skill would be being massive. You yeah. could be 115 pounds and be the lo- the long snapper and get tackled so hard you destroy your ACL when you're 18. <laughs> yeah. Not that I have any exactly. experience with any of that shit I just listed, but you know, whatever. Yeah, make the skinny um, kids play rugby. But uh, but yeah, so I, I basically grew up my entire life thinking, well, no, I, I I can't do sport. I can't I can't do that because I'm I'm heavy, um, and and kind of that that whole attitude of if someone says, oh, you should come do this, and in the back of my head going, oh, I'd really love to do that, but oh no, I can't because because I'm a fatty, like and <laughs> oh, and I think God. that get like that that goes into a lot of other things as well, like the amount of people that we've we've had that have come along and like uh that have either been skinny dudes or especially um when when females come along and they go oh yeah i'd love to have a go at that but i'd be no good because because i'm a girl the fuck that makes no difference like it's and i think it's the perhaps the lack of understanding that you don't need to to be well i mean for blacksmithing we've talked about it a bunch of times before like you don't need to be a big burly dude to do blacksmithing and some of the best blacksmiths i know are actually female and um and the fact actually. that people can, <laughs> actually but the fact that people have these preconceptions about oh you must be this or you must be that to be able to do this thing um like the perfect example is um i chris i can't remember his name now the the blind woodturner um yes. like can you imagine saying to someone oh yeah you know you've just lost your your sight you should try wood turning. They, 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 no way can I do that. <laughs> You'd be like, a natural. Yeah, like and and I think that's the thing is and and people I'm sure people will say about Chris. Oh well, he's he's obviously just got this natural talent for it. It's like, no, he's put a shitload of work into it, and you know, he used that as part of his um, uh, recovery and recuperation sort of thing. Um, so I think like those those negative social. Uh, word that i can't think of um stigma. like I, yeah stigma yeah i guess that's a good one but like they i think they come into it a lot and it, it's e- even when someone's having a go at it they kind of go it there's that little voice in the back of their head going you're not gonna be any good at this you're not gonna be any good at this so they they overthink it or they overwork it or whatever and they end up not um not being relaxed enough not having the confidence to be able to just go at it and and perform at their best they they get in their own way. Um, and I feel like that's kind of something that happens quite a lot. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, this is an interesting topic because I feel like it can go a million different directions. Um, I like what Al used as, a, as an analogy earlier, or, or at least a comparison. Um, if... Folks are, if folks are doing something similar to what Al does, you know, he's got all these people in uh, the office that are creative or creative minded, you know, dressing yourself and whatnot. Um, When it comes to, when it comes to this social perception 
um, kind of what we're fed in terms of what's what's natural talent or what's somebody that just came up without even having to work hard. And when I bring up dress, you know, the way people dress, it's like, I woke up like this. Hashtag. Um, <laughs> no, filter. yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be weird. Some mornings when you wake up, you know, if you're like a lot of us, you get on Instagram for a little bit and you go, oh, my God, how did they do that? Like whatever the project is or, you know, somebody's wearing a very nice suit. I tend to get I have no idea why. At some point, I must have searched for three piece suits, but I just <laughs> I see advertisements of people wearing amazing looking dress wear. <laughs> And he go, well, fuck, I, uh, I wonder if I would look that good at a three piece. <laughs> very pale. And I have a scraggly face, but that is 100% just like a physical, you know, bullshit social thing. Um, when it comes to the making side, similar to what Al was saying with the blind wood turner, it's like, are we, are we inundated with the amount of what? The other Al. <laughs> yeah, Steve. Steve said it. I'm jumping back and forth. I'm sorry. Um, are we a little oversaturated with with those achievements? I know we've talked about this a handful of times before, but specifically with this, with the who's who's a natural maker, who's a natural woodworker, who's who's a real natural at blacksmithing or metalwork. Are are we not shown enough of the process and the buildup? The, of what's gotten them there is that what we're lacking in terms of the recognition what to say that it's not a, a, a given thing and it's not a, you know, it's not an actual talent is that what you mean yeah but, like but we didn't have instagram process, so. yeah we we didn't have instagram when that person was four yeah. years old so we're seeing them after 50 years of experience but they just i don't know i guess it's that they make it look so easy or uh, no but I, I really like that and that's that's opening up a fucking pandora's box of 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 topics because well yeah that's why i took me yeah. 10 minutes to say that <laughs> no no but, but, too much but shit. we 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 know more now than we ever have done and everybody knows more about what what happens and the processes that go into things so everyone knows what their food is made of everyone knows that volkswagen are lying about their emissions you know every there's so much information out there now um that i think people are, are less um impressed by things because like you said like 20 years ago maybe a little bit more when you know we didn't i was i was joking the, uh, the other day at work with um got an old encarta cd rom out yeah it was oh, basically wow. like pre-internet you had to yeah. get a cd out of its case load it into a fucking pc and search for the information you're looking for and sometimes there'd be like a little WMV file and you can watch a movie <laughs> about how something was made or you know um so finding out information and finding out how things were made was a much more difficult task uh, yeah. a couple of decades ago whereas now everybody knows how everything's made everyone knows the value of everything everyone knows you know when people are being truthful or not um so i think absolutely but i think people are less impressed i think where um for someone to just turn up and go look i made this thing it's like right great yeah <laughs> i think like kind of on the same point but i realize it also is the opposite of that i think uh, <laughs> <laughs> on that same point i'm going to say something completely different yeah uh, i think the the other thing is is a lot of people um when they're when they're trying something new they because 
of the the culture that we're in now where you 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 tend to get that that instant gratification that instant mm. um yeah like pe- people expect to be able to go in and try something and be a pro straight off the bat yeah like the amount of people that we've had that have come along and they've they've come to a, a, a beginner's class and gone i want to make a sword <laughs> like, okay maybe try making I'll a nail first yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and uh and and because they can't do it then they just they they kind of turn around and say oh well yeah you're just naturally talented at it like, no it's because i've spent the last five years doing this like it, it it's and I, I think that's that kind of feeds into it as well the fact that people will say oh yeah well he's just naturally talented it's like people looking at jimmy and going oh yeah well he can turn his hand to anything he's just naturally like that no he's been doing it since he was like four <laughs> no like al said well yes yes but like al said very early on is it al or steve which one is the al <laughs> um he's been a problem solver since yeah. he was very young that exactly. again that is it and he tells people that all the time you know he's like I, I like to think i'm really good at solving problems yeah he doesn't look at it as much much beyond that and yeah. i love that approach even when we brought it up 25 minutes ago yeah are you good at making the connections are you good at translating those things cross platform or cross material that's going to feed into a lot of that naturalistic yeah approach yeah. To thing. I'll, 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 I'll give you an example sorry just, just on the back of Brett's point. Yeah, just um, cut Steve off. I, I did it once. We should do it again. It's all right. He loves it. Um, <laughs> the, um I, I have a, a, a. Just so you know, I'm just going to edit all of your speech out of this podcast. Okay. <laughs> what me or Brett? Uh, both. Oh. <laughs> um, little of column A, little of column B. <laughs> hey, Come on. Uh, sorry, Alan sorry. Brett. <laughs> yeah, I have this particular affinity with language and i'm able to very quickly pick up a basic understanding of um words their meanings the etymology um to the point where it freaks people out sometimes so like i traveled to russia for work and like i very quickly kind of learned the cyrillic um symbols and was able to just read like road signs and the word was still in russian yeah. But you can pretty easily figure out that, you know, that it says super or police or, you know, um, and also have the little clues, the yeah. context of it. Like, chances are it says fried chicken, <laughs> 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 given the picture of the chicken and the red and white sign. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 it's, it's not that I've just got this magic thing with language. It's that it, it's something I am passionate about and it's something that interests me. And I can apply other problem-solving skills to it, yeah. And you know, very quickly, just learn how to ask for a beer or a cheese sandwich. <laughs> yeah. But do you think also, like specifically with the 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 text of just, just and sorry, just on just on the back of that, yeah. It, it it I was terrible at language as a kid because I was trying to be taught, yeah, in a way that they wanted to teach me, and that was yeah. of no interest to me. They weren't they weren't saying this word is this word in German is this word because. It's the same word we had 500 years ago, but they just split. Yeah. And they spelled it with a K instead. You know, if they'd have taught me that was the way to do language, I'd be fucking, I'd be speaking like 10 languages now. <laughs> instead, it was just the classic classroom repeat this line until you learn it. Yeah. And then you learn it. And but- the line is, where is the town hall? It's like I've never been to a fucking town hall in my life. Why? I don't need to go to one in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah like do you, do you think though that that uh that what you're saying is is like a, a now natural ability to to pick up those those different um uh especially the the text stuff do you think that's possibly because you spend a huge amount of your your daily life dealing with like different fonts and different the way that words are used and things like that so now you've got that that huge amount of experience to draw from so it then becomes something that you're obviously paying attention to yeah that's a great i have to i have to interject before this because i'm going to pair it with another question i think that's brilliant steve and al you can vouch for this and i'm asking you as much but in my past uh design work and the stuff that i used to do for my old branding um it's it's like good design is its own language yeah design is an absolute it is a yeah. language and there are dialects you know if you're doing swedish design versus dadaist and all of these movements were dialects and so good design can be its own language and if you're fluent in that language then you don't really even need to read the text you can just go oh yeah. i know that's the bank there's no imagery on it that says yeah. that would say bank you could just you know it's a bank yeah absolutely um yeah i think great shout brett and great shout steve as well in terms of it it, it being other talents that help so I, th I, th I think ultimately that will be that will be my conclusion is that yeah if if you if you if you are have the confidence to give something a go but you have other skill sets that are applied it's all about this kind of um i'm sure we've talked about in the past like just cross pollinating your skill sets yeah mm -hmm. um and using the things that you're good at even if even if on the on the face of it, it doesn't seem relevant because like back to the language thing like people that i work with would sit there and, and and say that they have no idea what that word says, <laughs> just because that would be their default kind of yeah. sort of English way to, to to. Oh, I don't know, I don't know yeah. what that means. Like you do, yeah. <laughs> you know, you learn you learn to speak when you were like one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure as a thirty year old you can work out what that says, and it's just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I just because I never thought about it. So I think yeah. having the ability to overthink fucking everything. <laughs> gives you a bit of a head start in terms of problem solving yeah i think that as much as that it's also the 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 self-confidence to to not just go oh i don't know therefore i can't yes make a guess it's going i don't know but i'm pretty sure that's fried chicken or whatever yeah. i mean um, i mean it, it it gets you into trouble sometimes because because <laughs> what, it, what it's doing is it's assuming a lot yeah and, it, and it, it's it's taking a lot of coincidence so that that word sounds a lot like the Spanish word for that, and that means meat. So therefore, that yeah. you know, oh god, yeah, it, it goes through this process. If that's that's my thought process. Yeah. yeah therefore, yeah. I know that that what that word means. Yeah. But just but by pure chance, languages, Slavic pure language. chance, it might just be a word that happens to be spelled similar or yeah. similar. And you go, oh no, that's not what that means at all. And that <laughs> like, that happens in French a lot. There's a lot of words that like look or sound very similar to the other words. You know. Um, but have absolutely no link in the in the in the etymology. Um, mm -hmm. It's just a coincidence. So, if you assume a lot, which I do, and jump to conclusions, which you can only is all you can do in life is yeah. is you know make assumptions based on your knowledge. Um, sometimes it gets you into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> nobody I've... knows. You don't know anything. You're just guessing. Yeah, it's just informed guesses, isn't it? There's no such I've thing. Just... As I've had a, I've had a silly thing just go through my head, Steve. I know you're ready to talk, but I have this I have this picture in my head that the next time I go to a Spanish speaking country, just for fun, 
I'm going to walk up to somebody and go, Donde esta la biblioteca? And just watch them go, fuck you. Like the reaction would be so filled with such disdain of like, where the fuck are you learning to speak Spanish? No one uses libraries anymore. Please leave me alone. Also, I'm speaking perfect English. You can speak English to me. That was so good that I lost his headphones. <laughs> the audio fell off my head. It was so good. Uh, I, just, I hate I hate that that's how we were we were taught these things and I love the I love the idea that language has become kind of a topic in all of this because clearly the the translations that we're making and making and the way that we're trying to speak the language of building stuff or or the you know this what is your mother tongue you hear that all the time did you grow up in a wood shop? Well, you're probably relatively fluent in woodwork. But what what if you were never in a shop most of your life? You know, it's hard to get that start, especially much like language. Later in life, it is harder to learn those things. Yeah, it's that difficult to pick up 50 languages when you're 60 years old. Yeah, you that know, that take a ton of work. Yeah, that is always exactly what I was going to segue into is the fact that Going back to what I was saying earlier on about the... I'm sorry. It, it's just right. It's fucking perfect. It was better than how I, how I was going to put it. But um, but uh, like going back to uh, what I was saying about the um, like the chefs I know that, that would be useless in a, in a workshop, they've still got those basic problem-solving skills. They've still got that, that basic structure of, of the language, but because they're... Um, because they don't... They, you know, their mother tongue is a kitchen rather than a woodshop, they're they're struggling to make those connections and they're struggling to use it and and it also it's the confidence as well it's like you know they they are going to be far more confident with um with uh like hot stoves and and mm. knives and things like that in in a kitchen but you put them in front of a bandsaw and unless it's a meat cutting bandsaw they're probably going to go oh fuck but but the stupid <laughs> thing is it's fucking true like the sauce keeps breaking <laughs> yeah like you you put someone that's uh that's worked in a kitchen their whole life, and you say, I've got you a meat-cutting bandsaw, and they're going to go, fucking great, all right, and they're going to put half a cow through it and not even think about it. <laughs> you you tell them that you've got a wood-cutting bandsaw or a metal-cutting bandsaw, and they're going, oh, no, I can't do that. I, I, no. And it, it, again, it's that same thing, like, how you were saying about um, uh, people you, you work with and that, going, oh, well, I don't know that word. Yeah. And just backing off. It's, it's having that... I think that whole the whole natural talent thing is I don't want to say confidence it's it's more just the the attitude of fuck it I'll give it a go like it, it it's that willingness to to learn to try to try new things and to to have a go and to to transfer those skills that even if you don't think they're transferable like when you break again like you said when you break them down to the simplest parts they're they are there's there's very few skills when you break it down to simple simple bit, bits and it's just the context in which you apply them i think i'm something that's bringing to mind is like code breaking yeah so you know the classic uh, transposition where you have like um letters of the alphabet are represented by another letter of the alphabet or a number yeah. or a symbol <clears throat> and once you work it out it 
it's just a case of you know um, brute force until you get it because you just you're just working out the letters are. There's two letters next to each other. Chances are it's going to be an E, an O, an L, an S. You know, you see, um, and based on statistics of letter usage, it's going to be this or that. Um, and then once you've cracked one, doesn't matter what the symbols are. So you can watch an episode of Futurama and you can read the things because they're just it's just letters transposed. So it's really yeah. easy. And what so once you crack that first code, it's like any code. And it can be a little bit more complex, um, and there might be like a you know a double codex, whatever it's called, where you know it it, it changes twice. But you've you've already cracked the one thing, so you've learned you've learned that language. It doesn't matter what language is in from then on. You could you yeah. can break codes. Um, and I know, I know we got kind of laughed at for being the cooking podcast, like the <laughs> um, but I think it's a really good shout, Steve, about like um, metal bandsaw versus meat bandsaw yeah um, if you think of like breaking down a, a carcass you know you, you wait like a human carcass well yeah yeah okay. long pig. Why, not? why not long pig um delicious you, long pig it's funny enough it's pr- pretty much exactly the same all the joints yeah. are in the same place yeah you know, really save, save a few extra ribs it's like yeah I mean, it's just long pig yeah. um you you go in with certain tools and you go in with a, a flexible you know, fill it in knife so you can get around the joints. You go in with um, a, a, a hacksaw to get through the bones, and you you take all the every single thing out. And it, I don't know if it's because that was my first sort of professional experience was working in the kitchen, but the skills that I learned there are the, pretty much my most transferable skills. So the, my cooking skills, but it's also because from the age of like ten years old, I was cooking family meals. Yeah, my family would come home from work, and I would have dinner ready for them. Um, so, like, it was they were the things that I kind of learned to do to survive from a very early age. Um, so, it's yeah. why I always use cooking analogies because, it, it, to me, everything is cooking because it's your so, mother tongue, like fucking Brett said. Exactly. So, so knocking that. So, even when I see like, um, like you, you ever seen like a cross section of a tree where they break up the the wood into the different parts, and you have like yeah. quarter, quarter sawn and and all these and all these bits that are, are useful for different things yeah I, I i just see meat yeah like it's, it's like it's tree like meat. it's tree meat yeah exactly and, and and it's the same with everything i i always have a way to bring it back to something that i know um so it might it looks on the outset that i can take my hands or anything but i'm basically just turning my hand to cooking i'm just pretending <laughs> things are the other things yeah <laughs> So, I feel like I feel like there must be. <laughs> Sorry, it's just in my head. It's just the image of you building the hack shack, but it's actually just a massive sandwich. Okay, Al, I got a video idea to talk to you about afterwards. <laughs> um, I got some After Effects things I'm going to do. Anyway, I I love that, uh, Steve. I'm going to throw it to you afterwards, but I'm going to take what Al said. He equates everything to cooking or his experience in cooking. I think mine would have to be uh, the years spent sketching and drawing things. Like everything was a, uh, when I was younger, it was trying to recreate the things that I saw uh, initially in terms of animated movies or cartoons or photographs, breaking down what a person's face actually looked like and, you know, the anatomy of things, how a skeleton fit inside of a person's actual body, you know, because you, once you draw an elbow wrong one time and you actually take the time to go, why does that look wrong? Mm-hmm. Oh, 
because that's not how the bones attach to each other. And there shouldn't be this weird protrusion on the backside or the inside. Once I started to deconstruct human form through drawing, everything spawned from that in terms of being able to go into very fictional drawing or very uh, impressionistic stuff. Well, why does Monet's work translate as water lilies, even if you didn't have the title there? What would you imagine that you're looking at there? You know, Jackson Pollock is on a different situation, but I tend to break everything down into its visuals. That's my strength. That's my mother tongue is visuals. It's why I don't own any piece of furniture that uh, clothes would typically be stored in because I will forget they exist if I put them in there. Every piece of clothing that I own <laughs> hangs in the closet because I have to see it. Yeah. And it helps me to translate. That's why clean shop, happy shop is a mantra because as long as I can visually be, uh, as long as my fluency is maintained visually, then everything gets to spawn from there. So Steve, I want to know, what do you think your mother tongue is? Sausages. Uh, <laughs> Sausages. Um, see, I, it's a, it's a bit of a difficult one for me because because I, I'm good at everything. I'm a natural. I'm fucking not. Um, All right. No, Steve as Robert because, Redford. <laughs> got it. But I've, I think it's because uh, because I grew up on a farm. Um, so I spent a lot of time uh, bodging stuff, basically. Just figuring out or, or helping figure out what's what's the least amount of money and effort we can spend to get this to do the thing it needs to do. And yeah, if that's uh if it just needs to work for five minutes, let's get it to work for five minutes. If it's uh well actually this thing is you know we're relying on this for our our entire um money for the entire year, then you know let's let's put a bit more work into it. Let's make sure that it's done properly. Um so like I I have a lot of stuff that's built on um on that kind of background, but as a is a very, very close second language. So, like, you imagine I'm, I'm kind of like, like almost like one of Red's kids. That's, <laughs> you know, I've got at least two languages. The second one would have to be gaming, because, again, because I grew up on a farm. I, I grew up in the ass end of nowhere. It was a pain in the ass to be able to go see any of my friends. I lived miles away from everyone, so I spent a lot of time um, playing video games. So you know, like, I, I see like. Uh, the the process of of just doing those hundred tapers a day for three weeks just to make sure that actually you know what I've I've got this down that's that's just grinding that's just level grinding exactly it's what you do to level up to 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 move on and, pro- and progress and and become better so you can then you can go out and get those that really nice shield that's got that's actually just a glowing skull with fire out the eyes and <laughs> and yeah you. you you have to to do those things to, to move up. So I I guess I kind of put a lot of it back to that, and it's I love that it. it's a weird kind of uh, mix of of the two, where it's um, it's like right, what's the the minimum amount of effort I can put in to achieve this thing? But once I've done it, I want to do it a hundred times so that I know that next time I can do it like without even having to think about it, sort of thing. Um, and you know, the next time I come across this issue, I can either fix it straight away or I can come up with a better way of doing it. 
Um, so, so you're saying laziness is your mother tongue? <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> Did I tell you that when I went to see uh, Mike Mignola do a talk? No. He, he basically, like, people were asking him, like, why he draws things the way he does and why he's so good at monsters and stuff. And he's like, basically, because I'm really lazy and I don't, I, I, I can't draw, like, real things. <laughs> so if, if he was supposed to draw, like, a bus, yeah. instead of getting all the geometry right and making sure the perspective was all right, he'd just draw the bus smashed into a wall so he didn't have to do anything properly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he hated drawing, like, wheels, so he'd just have the wheels fall off so he yeah. didn't have oh. to draw them. <laughs> And Brilliant. all his monsters, like every creature he just created, he did it how he wanted because he he, yeah. he was no good at anatomy. So yeah. that's why everything's like long and tall, or like all the arms are really long because he's just he was just too lazy to do it properly. <laughs> Fucking brilliant! I like I like that gaming, uh, or or for any of us that really spent a lot of time playing video games, it does seem to be a second language or mm. one of those you know connecting factors between. Uh, when you meet a complete stranger for the first time, or maybe somebody you've interacted with through social media and, you know, the theme song from your favorite video game comes on and the other person across the room goes, Oh my God, I love that song. And you go, Oh, you haven't said a word to each other, but there is yeah. like an immediate unspoken, like we could just show pictures of things to each other and go back to hieroglyphics. Yeah. And we'd be there. Like if I put the Triforce up and somebody reacted to it, you're like, ha ha, unspoken language. Awesome. Yeah. I was I was kind of thinking that actually, Brett, when you were talking about uh, image making being your mother tongue and, and visuals, um, is like, is it just the things built into us, like hardwired? So like some people are good at fighting, some people are good at running, some people are good at telling stories, some people are good at providing food. You know, it, it's all kind of the, the base things that make us human. Yeah. So if you think of an athlete, it's just they were probably the people who were great at being the warrior back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, telling stories through visuals and, and, and recording it um, is what's kind of made us be able to pass information down through generations. So all these things that necessarily make someone gifted, um, that's their that's their language. That's what they're good at. But it's things that we've always been good at. Mm. We're just, right. we're just, you know, the, there wasn't metalworking 100,000 years ago, but the skill set was just applied to something else. Yeah, I mean, I, I became invigorated when you see things like Cave of Forgotten Dreams or whatever, you know, that amazing, amazing uh, cave paintings that were preserved. You know, no spoken language, just images to tell stories. I mean, stuff like that. Seeing stuff like that when I was small, uh, only little. I, I remember saying, you know, oh, that's, that's important. Like I could show an image to somebody. You don't have to say any words, but an image yeah. Yeah. can really tell a story or brighten somebody's day. You know, I used to do horrible, horrible portraits or caricatures of, of people just when I was little and I didn't, I didn't know any better and I didn't have anything holding me back from doing it. And I just give it to them. They go, oh, is this me? Cause they didn't know who the fuck it was. It didn't look like them, but in that's what I want. I was like, I'm looking at your face. Here's yeah. the face that I saw that I put my hand on paper for. My, I mean, my mom says I used to just do, I used to just sit and observe for like when I was a, a toddler that she'd just sit me in a chair and she'd just watch me look around at, you know, events or, or just when she'd have a lot of people over, I would typically just sit in the corner and look, which guess what? I still do all day long, every day. I'm just a weird guy. 
that loves people watching and analyzing and going, that person's skeleton is a little bit more squatty than the other person's skeleton. I wonder what their insides look like. <laughs> Back to butchery. Yeah. But I think that's like... I, I really like the the fact that you kind of linked it back to um, a like our the fact that you linked it back to those very very primal things that are within us and that those those base building blocks, but also the um, the link you made Brett about the fact that if you can find a, a a little piece of commonality with someone else, whether that's gaming or whether it's you know a, a craft that you do or whatever, that can completely transcend language. Um, and I think one of the things that's really good if you're um, if you if you meet someone new and you find that little spark of whether it's it's you know you both like to make stuff or you both like to do this or you both like to do that or whatever you, if you can find that and you can find a way to then um, to, to kind of go beyond those those base natural um, building blocks and you and you well not go beyond them but you you can rebuild really on them and you can you can get someone to do something that is perhaps outside of their their base comfort zone um and yeah you, you can get someone and it especially if you can find a way to to relate it to make it something that they can understand which is something that i think we've talked about so many times um when it comes to teaching is is it's finding an analogy or a um a method that relates to something that they already know and that they understand um, like I was saying about putting everything back to 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 cookery, like you, if you can find a way to do that for someone, if you can find that commonality, then you can open up a whole new world for someone else. And I think that's a really important thing to be doing. That's really interesting because it's that because that's taking it out. Because we were talking about confidence, Steve, and you were saying about you know somebody being afraid of doing something. Oh, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. It it makes it the hard the hard bit is not for them. So for somebody to do something for the first time, it's not hard for them. It's hard for the person trying to show them. Mm. Yeah. Because they're the ones that have to work out, right, how, how do I reach these kids? You know what? <laughs> it, it's That's the hard bit. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've never looked at it that way. You you always assume that the frustration and the, the difficulty is with is, is with the person who doesn't know what they're doing. But actually, if you're if you're there trying to help someone, yeah. as, as long as you crack that, it's easy for them. Yeah. I mean, it, this is one of the things. Like when we do um, when we do the beginners classes – like the one of the things I find with the whole "are oh, people just just get it" thing is, you go through the demo and there will be sometimes it's split right down the middle. Sometimes it's you know there's one person that gets it and seven that don't, or, or sometimes it's seven that get it and one that don't. Um, but it's it's then spending the entire rest of the class because essentially with with blacksmithing you can go through the absolute basics in like 20 minutes you can talk about right okay this is what you do this is what you do this is what you do and yeah i mean granted there's the whole thing about people aren't going to retain all of that information but it's you you can put it out there in very very basic form and say right this 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 but that doesn't necessarily mean that someone's going to understand that and they're not going to understand how that relates so you then have to spend the next seven and a half hours of of that day finding different ways to <laughs> Um, to explain it to people and and it's one of the things that we uh that i've talked about so many times is that's and and it, it, having a lot of experience in different fields is, is really useful and, and getting to know people that it, from different walks of life because you can then find those commonalities you can find those different 
things that 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 individual student is wanting to understand and you can uh, that in, individual student um can relate to and it, then you can you can build on that and you can you can find a way to to show them actually you know this is just like in world of warcraft where you're doing this it's <laughs> or you know or this is just like when you're you're making a sandwich you do this and then you do this and with this it's just with hot metal um and yeah so i think finding or finding a way to teach someone is a very it, it's something that i i fucking love doing because it's constantly challenging because no two people are ever the same no two people are ever going to understand things in the same way you're always going to have to find new ways and new techniques of, of showing this and explaining it even if someone is naturally talented they're not they might have the the natural talent of you know they they've got their their hammer technique off straight away but they're not necessarily going to understand how the metal moves so you've still got to find a way to explain that so even if someone is naturally talented you still have to to teach them the the rest of it sort of thing there you go there you go <laughs> cool uh so i'm gonna go first this week uh and because i did the uh axe and wood course um for alex today i uh this weekend i got to spend a bit of time with joe o'leary who's uh wilderness survival skills you just only surround yourself with people called al and joe just to make life easy yes it's seriously jazz gets so annoyed every time I'm like oh yeah i was talking to al which one uh <laughs> but um but yeah everyone, uh, everyone. uh joe is a uh, bushcraft expert um and you know that alone and the stuff that he does in the um the classes and courses and things he does is enough to spiff him but it was it's more just the fact that it was really nice to be able to kind of continue the story of of someone's education with him so you know the the whole point of the axe and wood course is the fact that you you make an axe um over two days um hand forged hand finished and and all of that and then on the third day joe comes in and uh does a bit of of how to use the axe um and it was really nice seeing people try and transfer the skills that they'd learned um through hammer technique and things like that into uh, their axe techniques um and yeah it was just a, a really nice uh kind of contrast but related as well so it uh yeah it seemed to fit so go check joe out he's a very nice chap he's a very very nice boy yeah uh brett you're next yeah uh so i've been recently having a lot of conversations with a young man named adam c Adam has a YouTube channel, um, not not too far along now, but he's definitely been going at it for a year on and off. Um, super talented guy, uh, has a few videos dedicated to the music he's learning and and making all of these old crazy synthesizers mm. seriesed up to make all of these insane sounds, and he's also an extremely talented illustrator. Um, and since we were talking about, you know, mother tongues and 
how my brain works visually. Adam happens to be an extremely talented illustrator and drawer of things. And uh, since we've been chatting, I went and looked at his website and his work is honestly super fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, it, it Personal opinion, you know, that art is, I really, really like what he does. Um, I think his line work and I don't know, just <laughs> the way he handles image making tells me a story. So I feel like there was a very unspoken uh, understanding early on in our conversations. And since then, he's just been a really nice guy to interact with. And I know he's getting into the makerspace a little bit more. And it, it was a reminder that when we all start, you know, getting involved or when we all want to start putting our foot into the pool that is this whole community that we've, you know, become a part of, it, it can be tough and a little taxing and, like Steve was saying earlier, you can be it can be intimidating or you can get a little scared because either you feel like you're not as naturally talented as these other people or you're not as you're not going to be as quickly accepted as such and such person because they had, you know, connection X, Y and Z. But Adam's just been really delightful to talk to. I'm glad he's getting more involved in everything. And his Instagram is fucking mint. Yeah, it's just like spacesuits and illustrations and like synth <laughs> yeah which i don't know if you noticed but those are these are a few of my favorite things and he's, An he's been, honestly he's he's just been a really nice guy to interact with and considering we have I'm, I'm making this into a bigger thing because it was a nice reminder but our little community that we've built and everybody involved in the fools with tools room and the kind of good vibrary that we're spending sending out there and trying to continue spreading. Um, it's, it's nice to know that, you know, those people get to take note of that or it feels like a safe space, yeah. you know, that it's not the three of us. It's everybody else attached to the situation has just continued to create a really, really nice welcoming space where you can go, what do you bring to the table? Doesn't really matter. You know, we just, we're just happy you're here. It's great. Yeah. So Adam is my spiffy, but everybody's doing a great job. Keep it up. Nice. Perfect. Cool. Uh, that leaves you. Wow. My spiffy isn't even a person. It's a thing. You're oh, it's, the it's, worst. It's, it's several things. Um, I've only just seen this video, but obviously Brett's seen it because he thinks sees things before they're cool. Um, it's the... <laughs> what, is, what is that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I... Yeah. Yep. Carry on. <laughs> Steve's going to allow it. Um, it's the Disney stunt robots. They're so fucking cool. So basically, the guys at um, whatever the Disney version of Industrial Light and Magic, which is probably now Industrial Light and Magic, um, basically have found a different way to put stunts into films that isn't CGI and isn't putting people's lives at risk. Um, and they've started to use uh, robots. And it's there's a really cool video where it basically starts out with a really simple robot that's just like one articulated leg, um, and it's been swung off a rope. And we've all seen kind of like the the Honda robot walk upstairs, um, and the uh, is it MIT Brett who's doing the like the robot that yeah, jumps the, back, yeah, the yeah, backpack yeah. and shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Boston Dynamics, isn't it? Yes, Boston Dynamics, um, who can do basically parkour um, and eventually. <laughs> 
destroy us all. Um, but the, but these robots are basically being like swung off lynches and trebuchets, um, and it's just the physics of it is just stunning. Like it's all calculated. They're distributing their body weight, doing yeah. backflips, flying through the air, um, and like landing in nets like perfect gymnasts. Um, but it's kind of partly, it's ninety five percent incredible and five percent just fucking hilarious yeah it's just, it's just these robots that like it looks like it's against their will and just being like slung through the air. <laughs> yeah. and they're like performing these pirouettes and beautiful but the, the the they're up to a stage now where it's just like fully articulated looks like a real person you could just put like an iron man seat on top of it and just have like a real flying thing um and it's just absolutely stunning a re- it's really cool i love practical effects wherever yeah. possible um, I feel a bit sorry for stunt people if it's putting them out of a job, but fuck them. <laughs> um, this is just an amazing feat of engineering, but it goes hand in hand with um, the new animatronics that they've got at Disneyland in some of the rides. So I think just at the end of last year or at the start of this year, um, they put like new sort of pirates and Pirates of the Caribbean, and there's um, the sort of uh, Olaf and stuff and Frozen, and it's just like real 3D animated versions of the thing from the film yeah and it's so trippy like if i was a kid and i saw that i'd just fucking blo- lose my mind because that like you know everything moves all the lips are you know if you go back to like when i was a kid and it was the the like the turtles like <laughs> stuff, yeah 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 i mean for the time it was great but this is like realistic I, disney style cartoons just brought to life and it's yeah. just unbe- incredible i am um, i have i ever told you about the time that i went to disneyland and got completely genuinely totally no 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 oh i was very much sober Uh, no i got completely freaked out by the it's a small world ride i i i don't know what it was but it triggered something and i spent the rest of the day convinced i was being followed around the park by the little wooden creatures it was fucking horrible (laughs) Uh, it's it's called disney imagineering yes is the department that's responsible for all that stuff yes cool uh Cool. In that case, shall we move on to AOB? Uh, because, I don't know, Al, if you wanted to talk about this a little bit? Go for it, if it's, uh, if it's cool. what I assume it is. I think so. Uh, so, um, Caro has just announced the 2019 Space Suit... I was going to say Spaceship then. Uh, space Suit Challenge. Spaceship. A spaceship. A spaceship is a spacesuit. This is very true. You just wear it. <laughs> Very much on your outside. It's a, a, a roomy one. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one's so, got knobs. <laughs> uh, so I think it, it, the competition ends the 30th of July. June or July? It's, July. Of the day it's March. It's not March. Don't be silly. Uh, so yeah. You've got three months. Yeah, you've got three months, whenever it is. Uh, there is information on her Instagram, which is prop shop berlin not berlin prop shop yep yep there we go uh so yeah go check that out um we'll put some links to her account and to the actual challenge account um in the shows as well um but yeah it looks like it's gonna be a really really fun challenge i wish that i had time to take part in it but it's probably just gonna be a case of tinfoil and a fishbowl for me um but yeah, that's it. Go check that out. Uh, gentlemen, do you guys have any other business? No. No. Okay. Cool. 
Uh, and I've just read Al's message and fuck you. <laughs> uh, in which case, uh, we love you all. And we'll see you later. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Oh, wait. Hang on. No, 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 no. Don't even right. do it. We just got to end right there. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>